Hey, it's episode 11 of Life's a Garden. Welcome back to Life's a Garden. Today's guest is an aspiring author. He is uh, probably the biggest gamer friend I have, and also one of my oldest friends. Welcome, Eric Wolf. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hi. Um, <laughs> I had a bunch of things I was trying to, like, I was going to say that you work with kids, and... Yeah. You, are you still doing that? Yeah. Okay, I, I, I could... That's just right. Just working with the kiddos. I couldn't remember... I, I, I knew that, but mm. I, I know you've changed a couple... Th- you know, it's usually always the same thing, Yeah. as far as, like... Well, the going idea now is that I want to be, like, a guidance counselor right. in the elementary schools versus, like, what I'm doing now, which is basically being, like, a therapist. Right. Or yeah. a babysitter, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, I was going to ask. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I remember for a long time, you were very, like, staunch on wanting to have kids. Yeah. Has this changed your mind <laughs> at all? <laughs> no, that's a really good question and, like, a real question, you know, because... You know, I, I really had this idea of just, like, having kids, and it was going to be this amazing thing, you know. I always talked about I wanted a daughter, and she'd just be this beautiful little girl. She'd be a little princess, you know. But, like, man, I work with a lot of boys, and I'm just like, okay, now I have to have a girl. Because yeah. if I have a boy... Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of that... I feel like a lot of misbehaviors come from mm-hmm. a mix of... Obviously, there's, like, a mental aspect where, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you have some kind of mental illness that causes you to be disruptive or whatever but i think definitely a lot of it has to come from your environment there's like some behaviors that really get under your skin you know i got a kid that like regularly like hits me if i take anything out of his hands or anything you know and and he's six and he says that and he says fuck you to me you know and like when that happens like you just want to be like dude like no i'm a a 26 year old man like you're not gonna talk to me like that you gotta feel like what's that home life like yeah exactly and i what's he seen what's he mm -hmm. had to have like seen and experience some stuff that not a lot of people would want for a kid well like this kiddo you know he does have a hard home life you know he's got you know he's got siblings that are kind of tough and stuff too and like honestly a lot of parents just do their best you Mm -hmm. know it's it's easy for me to judge a parent because i've had the developmental psychology background and and i kind of know a lot about it you know but like Like, people who become parents and don't necessarily have that background, they don't realize that... I mean, like, honestly, the secret to parenting is consistency. If you tell a kid that you're not going to... Or that they can't do something, even if it's something trivial and stupid, you can't go back on it. I mean, if it's... I mean, it doesn't matter how dumb it is. If you're at a... If you're at, like, you know, like, like walking by the river and they find a rock... And they want to take it. And you think to your mind, like, we have enough rocks. No. And then they start throwing a fit. People really have the tendency to just be like, "Eh, this isn't worth it. Fine, you can have it. And what they don't realize is that now they've just rewarded that behavior, behavior. that throwing a fit. Mm -hmm. And so now the kid is like, okay, well, if I want something and they say no this is what i have to do and a lot of parents who give in once they'll give in again and again and the more that it happens the more they want to give in because they just don't want to deal with it and that's why i tell people 
if you go to the store and you're in the grocery department and there's a kid that's like screaming and crying, that those are the good parents because right. they've made it all the way from the toy section all the way to the grocery store and haven't given in yet, you know. Right, yeah, it's it's that the temper tantrum effect where it's yeah, if you reward bad re- reward bad behavior, they're going to think, "Okay, every time I do this, I'm going to get rewarded." Yeah. So, oh, we talked about it just like even in like high school uh oh, sure, psychology yeah. with the conditioning stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. It's and, pretty it's pretty obvious, which is why it seems so odd that people, you know, parents still just allow that. And it's yeah. like I think it just comes down to parents having very little uh, patience and I mean, sometimes it's patience, and sometimes it's not necessarily just wanting to put in that work. But I wouldn't even necessarily say that all the time. Like, the kids that I work with, I would I would go as far to say as I feel like every single one of them has good parents. Hmm. They're just parents that... Or they're just people that haven't been given the secrets, you know? Sure. And if you don't necessarily know how to deal with a kid, then you're going to deal with them the way that you would want to be dealt with. And dealing with kids is not like dealing with adults, you know, just because of the way that their mind is. So, okay, here's something that I've always heard. Correct me if I am wrong or if I miss, if if this is something that's just not true. Because I've definitely heard this. Mm -hmm. Um, It goes, that same effect goes all the way to the crib. Like, if a child's crying in the room and you, every time they cry, you always have, are there for it to... Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you want to check to make sure the kid's okay, yeah. but, like, if it's just crying because it wants attention, mm-hmm. then that can have longer effects later on down the road. Is that true? Yeah, or? I mean, you're walking, you're definitely walking a line there. Um, it's been a little while since I took, you know, like, my, my most recent developmental psychology class, so I'm not going to sit here and, like, tell you that what I say here is is the professional view or right. anything like that, but... You know, you, you don't want to be inconsistent about it, because then when you do go... Um, to like help them out if you're inconsistent then the times that you do come they're going to really milk it mm. because they're like okay this is my time you know so it's kind of like what you want to do is if, if they're crying and stuff you, you kind of do want to come every time but you just don't want to make a big deal about it you know like if they're crying when it starts off like they're probably hungry so go satiate their need and then go again you yeah. know, but like, you just don't overdo it. Sure, that that makes sense. I mean, obviously, if they're That's, hungry, or I don't know though, mm-hmm. that kind of just really only applies to like the first year. You mm-hmm. know, once they start having like the complex thinking enough to, um, you know, like kind of make relationships between what they do and what they get from doing those things like that's when you got to start kind of being a little bit more careful. Right. You know, but I don't know if you've ever heard of. Uh, um, I think it's Mary Ainsworth that did it. Um, it was the, It's like... I can't remember what it's called. It's like the stranger experiment or something like that. But what they do is they take a kid like that's like toddler-aged. Um, this is kind of how you um, determine what kind of parenting style, what kind of attachment style between the child and the parent that you have. So what you do is you take the kid and the, and the parent, the guardian, and you put them in a room together. And first, it's, it's a... Uh, it's kind of like a mis- like a mysterious new environment, so they stay close to the caregiver. But once they see that the caregiver's relaxed and everything's fine, they kind of start to, like, explore, you know, and in this room they have, like, toys and stuff, and eventually they'll go over to the toys. It doesn't take too long. Um, and then what'll happen is they'll bring in a stranger, and so the, the kid will naturally, you know, maybe grab one of the toys or something, but they'll come closer to the caregiver for that comfort. And then... You know, the the parent and the stranger will talk for a little bit, and then the parent will get up and will leave the room. 
with only the stranger. And then the kid, like, basically every time will start throwing a fit. You know, I mean, we're talking young, young kids here. You right. Know, we're like, you know, they are intimidated now because they're just with this stranger. And they'll have the stranger come and try to, like, comfort the kid. And it really won't work because that's not what they want. Right. You know, they're, they're, that's the, the stimulus that is in, intimidating them is not going to comfort them. And that must, really. be, that must get drawn a little bit from fear, too, huh? Yeah, you know, just the natural, like a natural instinct thing, yeah. you know, I mean, if you think about humans as living in caves, because that's where we're still supposed to be, right? Um, you know, if you have a stranger coming into your cave and you're all alone, you don't have your parents around, like, you're probably going to get, you know, stolen or... Anxious, at least. <laughs> yeah, you know, at like least... something bad might happen. Yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. You know, I see what you're and saying. so you're scared. Um, but, like, the, the big thing from the experiment is that after the, after the stranger or after it's just the kid and the stranger, what they'll do is they'll have a parent come back in. And then the most interesting thing is how the child reacts to the parent returning. And there's four attachment styles. So there's secure, which is like, you know, good. Everything's good. So the kid will go running up to the parent. The parent will comfort the kid. They'll they'll calm down. And then they'll just go back to exploring and playing. Especially hmm. if the stranger leaves again. You know, they'll, but they'll calm down quickly. You know, and then you have the other ones. You have like the anxious ones that... You know they'll they'll come running back to the parent, and the parent will comfort them, but they won't be able to comfort them. Like they'll just cry and cry and cry, and and it takes a really long time to chill them out. And that's the ones that you know are the ones that were inconsistent about coming to their kids when they needed uh, comfort beforehand, like mm. before this experiment, because now they're just like, you know, they're getting that comfort and they're milking it because they're getting it. You know, right. they have to milk it. Um, you get the kids that there's sometimes where they just turn away from the parent. And that's what those are the really bad attachments. You know, uh. that's like basically like, oh, cool, my caregiver's back. I'm still not comfortable because I'm not comfortable with them either. Right. You know, or the ones that just kind of seem confused and they don't really know what to do. Right. You know, so I don't. You know, just kind of like a funny thing to think, like to see. I did not funny haha, but right. I forgot to mention. Yeah, you have a, a degree in psychology. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I should have put that. in there. <laughs> I couldn't remember. You're working. It's on, whatever. You're working on the masters. I'm right? working on my masters. Yeah. I've got 45 credits. I could um, graduate right now, but I wasn't because I was thinking about being a therapist. But I'm kind of thinking of going another way. So like, basically, I have my masters. I just haven't actually like gotten the paper commemorating it. Okay. You know, right pretty on. cool. Yeah. Know, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, that would have been a nice little thing to add to the uh, <laughs> resume on the intro, but I'll, yeah. I'll put it, I'll put it in the description. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's cool. Aspiring author. I did say author, so uh, <laughs> let's talk about the book. Yeah, the book that hasn't come out. So I need okay. I need public pressure from <laughs> all thirty viewers. We're we're gonna blow this up though. We're this podcast is blowing up. We're only into the double digits just recently, so it's getting bigger. Now I need public pressure Pressure this motherfucker To start getting this book out Because I I know the book I've been I've been along for the ride for how long? Uh, it's been 8 years at this point In the Can making that? Yeah So go ahead uh, Don't Don't like obviously. Yeah I'm not going to spoil a storyline sure. or anything But like give us Give, give it a little synopsis Yeah so uh, It's a It's a fantasy Series of novels uh, It's with seven of them lined up and you know i have like the world building stuff figured out and the and like the mythos and everything it's gods and and magic of course um but the the big idea with it is that i wanted to make a fantasy novel that didn't rely on 
like the most common tropes which to me mostly is like the fantasy monsters thing you know particularly dragons mm. not because i don't think that dragons are cool because it's just kind of pretty done. cool it's just i mean you think about like i mean aragon is about dragons uh song of ice and fire is about dragons i mean like basically the main i i, I don't really know a song of ice and fire don't crucify me but it's you know from what I understand like Daenerys like has dragon blood you know and yeah. she's kind of like the main character from what I understand yeah there's dragons so it's, it's basically a bi- yeah. it's a big dragons are a big part of yeah it. Or a yeah. big part of it and Lord of the Rings Lord of the Rings um, I mean like even Harry Potter it's not really about dragons but, but it has them they have exist in it, that world yeah, yeah even when it doesn't have dragons like still you know I mean book one has unicorns and um, well, there's you know you could do it in every single elves, the basilisk, the knight, yeah, the elves, the house elves. But this goes into you know giants and all kinds of things, and, and that crosses all those spans of yeah. those different. You know, and you I got mean, the I, orcs and just like you said, mm-hmm. creatures. Yeah, and I think that that stuff is really cool. I mean, it all comes back from or it all comes from Tolkien. You know, the stuff that yeah, like previous to Tolkien, there was Greek mythology and there was like Beowulf. Mm-hmm. You know, which. You know, it, it was like a, it was an epic poem, so it was more. It was kind of more along the lines of mythology. It was folklore. Nobody believed in it, but it kind of like had the same aspect of mythology. And then Tolkien kind of came along during the same time as like C.S. Lewis. Those guys were actually friends. They had a a uh, uh, like a little like writers guild that they would do. Um, you know, like Lovecraft was kind of around that time. I think he was a little after. You know, but like previous to that, like that's what fantasy. Like there was no real fantasy writing and then Tolkien came and made the Hobbit and made Lord of the Rings and like every single thing that you have read afterwards that's in the fantasy genre is because of Tolkien. Right. You know, so that's why like monsters and stuff like that are so prolific. And I'm not trying to judge that by any means, but the idea is that I didn't I didn't really want to do that exactly. I still have a lot of like very fantasy things you know like i have the spell casters with uh like a hard magic system that i'm kind of trying to rewrite a little bit to make it a little bit more you know like lined out a little bit you know having like free magic where it's just like you know a person can either light up a room or you know blow up an entire city is you know it lends you to just being like well why didn't they just blow up the city like right problem solved you know so you got to kind of constrain it a little bit better than that but i have the magic system obviously i have gods um which i don't even know if you know this or not but that wasn't even a plan really when I first started writing that like when like remember like we that's were, one of my favorite parts about it oh absolutely but you know like when we were working at mcdonald's and then i took you you know like we went back to my house after closing and i read you that stuff at that point like i really didn't have a whole lot of plans for gods it was actually watching immortals really yeah that made movie. me be like, dude, gods are so cool. Like, yeah. I gotta have them in the book. You know? Well, it's, like, other than Greek mythology, you really don't see in much in much other, like, storylines mm-hmm. where there's gods and, and demigods. Yeah, and I then mean, just you humans. have the other mythologies as far as... Right, but I, I, other than mm-hmm. mythology, I should say. You, oh, you yeah. haven't really seen too many, like, uh, stories being yeah. driven around that theme... Mm-hmm. Other than stories about Greek mythology, yeah, or, or even any then, the monsters are pretty prolific. You know, usually they're sure. not quite as lined out. You know, I mean, but like Theseus went to go fight the Minotaur, which is a monster. Um, I think it was Theseus that also fought, like you know, like a giant boar monster, and Hercules fought one of those too. And right, but it's not like 
you know, like I said, there's not original novels that are based on, you know, that, like, gods being, like... I'm sure there are some, but mm-hmm. not to, like, that same... The extent that you've gone to, from what I know. Yeah. I mean, there are some. There's, like, Neil Gaiman does it and stuff. Okay. Um, I think I'm saying that right. Um, you know, but... Yeah, I mean, the, the whole idea is to, to sort of, like, take the monsters out. Not because I don't like them, but just because, you know, it, it's been done, it's being done, it will always be done. And I'm sure I'm not the only person that's had this idea either, but it was supposed to most... It's more about, like, like intrigue, which is... Um, you know, like the, you know, like the game of houses kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. kingdoms and and stuff like that. Um, I mean, you know, the the good guys essentially are Sith Concrass, um, which you know is a country that's born out of originally being a city state with a hero king that fought against the Empire and made uh, and made the the kingdom city of Crassia into the big kingdom city of Sith Concrass. Or the big uh, kingdom of Sith Concrass. And then, of course, the other empire, like the Empire of Moxax, is like the remnants of that empire after the Hero King kind of pushed everything back. Um, and a lot of the story deals with, you know, I mean, it, it's it's generations and generations past, but there's still bad blood there, naturally. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, like, as far as these guys, I know you told me to kind of, like, talk about it a little bit, and instead we just talked about Tolkien the whole time. Well, no, you're good. I just want <laughs> just give them an overarch. Yeah. Like, we, we were talking about the gods and stuff like that. Like, yeah. The, but, but what's cool is the majority of the story is based on the humans and the demigods. Yeah. Not the gods. The demigods are very much, like, what it's about. You know, the, yeah. the first book is about a human um, who has been bestowed a power by, um, you know, by, like, a dark sorcerer. He's not necessarily, like, the Dark Lord archetype where he just sits on his throne and be, and, and is evil. And then somebody is like, okay, we can't have that in the world anymore. Like, Sauron style, you know. Like, he's going to... You know, the idea is that he's more active, but, I mean, regardless, he's not active. He's dead in the first book. Um, but you're you're following this guy who got this power to shadow bend um, and basically, like, disappear and travel through, like, travel invisibly through the air. Nightcrawler style. But, yeah, basically. That's kind of how we imagined it looking if, you know, mm-hmm. like, in our heads. But, uh, you know, and he... Um, you just kind of find out about him, and, and he... At first, you don't necessarily know if he's the good guy, because the the first chapter kind of introduces him as maybe being the bad guy, because you see three soldiers walking through the mountains, and then he appears out of nowhere and kills them. And, and, um, you know, it's funny, I had a beta reader, and when you go into the next chapter, you find out that he's the main character, and this beta reader, you know, he was kind of like, oh, we're actually following this guy? Like, I thought he was the bad guy, and, and I love that, because yeah. you know his story. Mm-hmm. And you know that, you know, he's got secrets, but you find out that he lives in this cabin alone in the mountains with this little girl, whose name is Mia, and his name is Cole. Um, and, and he, uh, you know, it's mysterious. Mia doesn't call him dad, so it's pretty clear that they're not that. You know, maybe they're brother and sister. You know, no idea. But she's nine, he's 26, so, you know, it's not like anything like that's going on. But, uh... And she... She starts asking him, like, why do we have to hide in the mountains? Why is this well, like this? Well, I don't want you to go too much into the no, story. No, I'm really not going to, but... I, just don't, I want yeah. it to be something that people are like... 
oh, that does sound like something I want to read. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe I should more talk about like the overarching storyline, which really is about, um, you know, there's two separate pantheons of gods, which are the overhumans. You know, I very rarely even refer to them as gods, just to sort of be a little different about mm-hmm. it. You know, but you have the overhumans, and then you have um, the underhumans. And the underhumans are more like, like the primor- like these sort of like primordial beings that, you know, really like, you know, they push the rivers and they raise the land, you know, whereas the, the overhumans are more like the Greek gods, where they just kind of oversee everything, you know, from like their floating, from their floating island in the sky. Um, and as, as it kind of goes along, there's this, there's this guy and his name is Genza, and you find out that he, uh, he's, he actually kind of supports the, the underhuman, the underhumans who feel like the overhumans just kind of, like, are just like, you know, gross, go go do Earth things and stay away from us. Stay away from our island in the sky. We're great, you're not. Um, and, and the story just kind of follows along with him as he, you know, has these, like, dark machinations uh, to basically raise his power because he wants to, he wants to destroy the overhumans and take over. So it, it starts off with being very like intriguing between uh, the empire and the kingdom, and and then the other countries in the continent that each have their little roles in this rivalry. But you you start to find out that that this one guy is actually like using all of that to really like have this cosmic battle with with the gods, and at the same time there's the omnipresent threat of the void, which uh, you know as as the universe. You know, as the universe within the, the the chaotic void becomes more disorderly, um, with the universal indicator being the world that the continent is on, the continent's Listicalia, which is the name of the series as well. Um, the continent of Listicalia and the world at large is kind of the universal indicator. So the void is not conscious, but it can feel basically the the chaoticness on the world and as it becomes more and more like that it becomes unstable and so the the overhumans know about this and they know that if things get too chaotic then the void will just collapse it'll basically just hit the reset it's button basically Ragnarok basically Ragnarok you know it, you know and it'll just destroy everything and then maybe it'll start over even though you know the universe Which, existing is an I like accident. that because that keeps the gods in check where they have to you mm-hmm. know be they really have to keep an eye on their the things they oversee and make yeah. sure balance is stayed well, because like then much, they can die yeah i mean that's the whole thing like even the gods are um are driven by like the fear of mortality mm-hmm. you know as as anything is you know so like their primary concern is that they don't want the void to collapse everything else is secondary to that um, and it really keeps because, you know, like in, in literature, especially with literal gods in it, um, you really want to avoid uh, what's called a deus ex machina. And that and it's that that word, that phrase, as I'm sure most anybody knows, is Latin and it means God from the machine. And it's the idea of like you're having a story and, and you're having like this, you know, like the, the, the main characters are, are in dire straits and it's horrible and you're sitting there and you're reading you're like, oh my god, how are they going to get out of it? And then like all of a sudden a god appears from nowhere and, and kills the bad guy and then mm. they're like, oh, cool, thanks, you know, actual god and then they, and then everything's fine and you kind of look at it and you just go, what? 
You know, like, you want the main characters to do things. Right. So, um, it's actually funny, because Gandalf is really, uh, he's kind of like the the archetype of the deus ex machina character, you know? Really? You have, like, you know, you have, like, the, the, the fellowship, and they're, um trapped by like the goblin king you know mm-hmm. and then gandalf like shows up out of nowhere and does the flash with his with his staff and then they get out you know and he does that several times he does it in the hobbit he does it in in lord of the rings several times you know and it's right. just kind of like you know you get this sense that like man like if they didn't have gandalf like the, this would They'd not be, be going anywhere right, right gandalf is a god so i mean right. you know you kind of were like okay well it's, it's fine but you know, it gets frustrating after a while. So the whole thing with the void is really is is cool in my opinion because it keeps them it keeps the gods in check because if they start to interfere too much with human stuff, um, you know, with the Empire having their own patron god, which I previously called named Arcanus, but his name is now Astorian. Mm-hmm. They had you know, he's he wants the Empire to do well because he is their patron. And then you have Sith Con Crass, and their patron is Acleus, the god of war. And he wants them to do good. But that doesn't mean that Acleus, the god of war, can't just come down and be like, alright, come on, warriors, like let's go kill the Empire. Because that um, would bring in balance. Yeah, because then the people of the Empire would be upset, and then they would want to rage against the gods. And mm. so if we have, like, the gods fighting the people, that's one of the biggest things that can destabilize the Void the right. fastest. So it's not saying that the gods can't interfere, they just have to be really, really careful. And then you have this one guy who's essentially trying to wage war against the gods, not knowing about the void. I'm assuming, right? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I would just say caring more about what, like caring more about his agenda. Okay. And thinking that he can cut it close enough to making it like the void might collapse, but cutting it close enough that it won't. Okay. Um. And you said you got there's it's a seven book series. Yeah. Now, from what I know, I don't know if this changed. Mm-hmm. You have like pretty much the overarching story for each one. Like you kind of know the direction. Yeah. Each each book is is a contained storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, but it follows, you know, like they, they each other contain storylines. So like as you know, each book has a different main character. Yes. And that that's not to say that it's a completely different story. Like it's like each time it changes main characters, you've already met the person that the next book is going to be about. So it's not so much that the series is about one guy. I was and, talking about Cole and Mia. And the other characters are still Yeah, they're yeah. still there. Um but it, it's not so much like the like the book is about one guy in particular or one girl or, or or whatever it's about a group of people right you know and it kind of starts off with being about you know the people in sith contrast but then it start you know as as this as the central storyline being the thing with the gods um is is starting to unravel or is starting to reveal itself the the scope of the group of characters that we're focusing on begins to become bigger. Sure. You know, so you're not focusing so much on Sithcon Crass as it moves along. Now you're kind of expanding out to the whole continent. I know how the story goes. Mm-hmm. And it's great. I mean, I know you're going to make some adjustments here and there from what the my last uh, rendition that I was... Yeah. But... I've kept you up to date on all on the stuff that I'm changing. Right. 
See, now, what needs to happen next is it needs to get done. <laughs> yeah. I need to, like, sit in front of a keyboard. Yeah. I need to take my hands. I need to touch that keyboard. I'm tell Okay, and I, I agree with the with the idea that you, that you want to have the first two done. Right? Yeah. Before I start to, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to go the self-publishing route. Right, and, and know, there's it's not about the money. It's just about making a story that I like that's cool, and then... And then putting it somewhere where if other people are interested in looking at it, then they can. Right. That's how I feel about music. Exactly. Like, n now, one, and you live in a, we live in a time where self-publishing and self, you know, for us, yeah. we're going to self-produce and self, you know, yeah, record. So, yeah, producing, basically. So I was just like, going to say, publishing too, whatever. But you, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know. but you kind of can. Like, mm -hmm. you can make a site on, like, an Audible book or, or like, you know, whatever sites you can buy books on. Yeah. And distribute it yourself. Mm -hmm. And all it takes is, you know, advertising and, and like, you got to do some legwork. And I'm sure there's other, you know, mm -hmm. or the, I know there's online editors. There's online, you know, I'm sure you got to kind of be careful not to lose your work. You want to get it. Yeah. Well, the thing that's nice, and, and this, this works for you doing the music thing as well, or, or even like doing this with the podcast, um, the way that the laws work uh, here in the States is that uh, as, soon, as soon as you create anything, you have the rights to it. Right. You know, I mean, I, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm assuming that you have to have a way of proving that you made it first, obviously. I mean, it's really easy with this because, you know, it's your face, music, it's well, your and voice. Well, and it gets time-stamped. For this, it gets time-stamped on YouTube. Yeah, and on my uh, and any of the podcast sites, mm -hmm. once I publish it. But like, I mean, with recordings and stuff, I suppose it'd be the same thing. And once you distribute it, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, there's a there's a timestamp on when you distributed it mm -hmm. when you first. Yeah, I mean, like even if you just you know, like I've been using I've been using Google Docs. You know, I wa I was using Microsoft Office, but you know, in the same way that Adobe and stuff did, they switched to being subscription based, mm. and like that's something that I could talk about probably for a whole nother hour. But I'm not going to. I think everybody feels the same way about it. You know, about this making software subscription based. Yeah. Um, or games or anything like that. Yeah, anything. Yeah. You know, um, but. You know, so I switched to Google Docs, and the thing that's nice about that is that, yeah, as soon as you create something, there's a date. You know, it has the date that you did all of your edits and everything like that, so, I mean, it's really easy. You right. can't really get your original work stolen, right? per se. At least not literally. People can take your ideas. Oh, for sure. I, I just, like I said, I think now, you know, we're living in a time where it's just so easy to make, make yourself a self-made person. Right. And, and like you said, even if it doesn't come at the cost of you know making money at it, yeah, I've I've never really maybe when I was younger like wanted to make music for fame and and fortune, yeah, and giant money. <laughs> but honestly, like we're playing a show tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, where's that at? It's down at the Tap In on. Oh, cool. Uh, you know, you know that's yeah. That's an outdoor show. Mm -hmm. So, cool. um, going on at six. So. <laughs> this this will be pu this will be published tomorrow, so I mean it'll still be relevant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll be going on, and uh, that's that's all I really want out of music is just to, you know, we've created this thing together, and for people to hear it, that's mm -hmm. enough for me. Like yeah. to to have even even you know twenty people. That's like twenty more people that mm -hmm. heard something we created. Yeah. No, and you know, like, I really think that that's, like, 
it feels like a higher stage of maturity uh, for somebody who is an artist. You sure. know, I mean, I mean, yeah, you were saying that you were saying like when you were a kid, you wanted to like make music and you wanted to play Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. You wanted everyone to know your name, and you, you know, it's and some people don't leave that, and I'm not going to judge anybody for that. But like, are you really making it for the right reasons? If you're talking about oh, yeah. art here, you know, like. You should want to make it because, like, it makes you feel good, or because it's therapeutic, or because I mean, at least make like just do it because it's cool or fun. You know? I mean, or you know, enjoyable. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I make music too. Yeah, you know, I mean, I play, I play guitar, but and and I and I and I write songs, and I'm certainly not as good as you or Justin at writing songs. I mean, which, yeah, I mean, I guess that's a that's really, up for like, interpretation yeah. thing to say, but you know, I mean. It's not really. It's not really about that, you know. I'm, I don't want to make the best, most radio-friendly or coolest song ever. Like I just, when I have something to say, and I also want to play my guitar, I just put them together, and it makes me feel good. Yeah, as long as it's something you're gaining out of it. Yeah, and, and now, like, yeah, if you can share it with other people, it's all the better, you know. Yeah, that's and, icing on the cake. And on 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 an even more top level, if you do so happen to make money doing it, mm-hmm. hey. That's an added benefit. Yeah, that's you know? awesome. I'm not saying like I'm not saying like now I now I don't want right, that. Right, right. Of like course. that'd be stupid, you know, or, or anything like that. But, but that's like, what makes it so good is the fact that you're not doing it for that. Yeah. You're doing it for yourself and for just mm-hmm. the enjoyment and love of doing it. And so that and it usually mm-hmm. reflects in the art that you're making. Mm-hmm. Any kind of art. Mm-hmm. And so then um, hopefully it's if it if it is good enough to, you know, sell millions of whatever it is you book music movies whatever yeah. i mean then that's something to just be proud of sure you know exactly it means other people really really mm-hmm. like it and it just it just shows to your crowd like that yeah. what you did was good yeah and yes and then yeah of course you can you can reap the benefits of that mm-hmm. but expecting that sure. or having that being the end goal i mean mainly i think what it does is it sets you up for disappointment yes. it can even further set you up for failure mm-hmm. if you just decide like to not have a plan b sorry johnny hawkins of nothing more who says don't have a plan b <laughs> um i mean he won a grammy so right but i know what you're saying like mm-hmm. i 100 percent agree i mean unless you're either gonna be a motivated driven person mm-hmm. and if that's your plan is just to do that then that's how you're yeah. gonna be but that's not because that's just because you're a motivated person right now, you should still have a fallback. Oh, for sure. Know? Yeah, I, I would agree. And it's like, I think that's more of it, too. It's like, you you don't want to expect anything, but if it happens, yeah. it's that much better. Mm-hmm. It's just like, if, if that's your if that's your end goal, you know, if, if you're a music person and your end goal is Madison Square Garden or nothing, you're just kind of, you're going to set yourself up for disappointment, you know? Right. And then you're, and I, and I feel like you're just not necessarily doing it for the right reasons. I don't believe in that secret bullshit. Huh? That that book, The Secret. Oh, I don't yeah. believe in that yeah. shit. <laughs> or if you write it down, then it becomes true. Yeah, no. I mean, you you have cool stories like that. Oh, sure. You know, you have like like Jim Carrey. Yeah, like he was a poor man, uh-huh. and then he took a check and he and he wrote it. He wrote it to himself. He wrote it. He, he wrote a million himself a check. check for a million dollars, and he kept it in his wallet, and then he kept it all this time. And then he became this huge actor, and then he was able to cash his one million dollar check. And that's a really cool story. But you got to think we're talking about Jim Carrey here, right? You know, for every Jim Carrey that happens, there's probably a, there's probably a million people with million dollar checks in their wallet that never get to cash that. And you don't hear about those people, but of course you don't. But, like, there's plenty of artists that 
they just don't get there. And sometimes they don't even, like, they will get there, but they won't get there in their life. I mean, you, t- you think about somebody like like H.P. Lovecraft, who is, who is a writer um, back in the 30s. I mean, everybody knows who he is. He made the Cthulhu mythos. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Like, um, you, can, you could basically name to me any piece of horror literature, and I could probably, if I, if I know what it is, I could probably tell you the Lovecraft inspiration from it well i mean one of the biggest ones that you may not necessarily know um unless if you really know lovecraft is uh it by stephen king oh okay like like pennywise is is very much a lovecraftian monster because (laughs) he he comes from like he's he's like this interdimensional thing that sort of like comes from deep space and then comes to earth and kind of just warps reality around him and warps himself based on, you know, who he's around um, and just sort of feeds on fear and doesn't really seem to understand what he's doing. He just sort of feeds on it. It's what he wants. But Mm -hmm. you you don't even necessarily know what his motive is. He's just like this mysterious thing from outer space. And then you really get deep with it. Like, I'm sure you saw in the new one, uh, not the New West one, but, um, you know, it, it Chapter 1, um... Uh, oh, when, when oh you're talking about like the remake? Yeah, the one the one where he bites uh uh Georgie's arm off. Sure, yeah. You know, the remake but not the most recent one. Right, right, right. Um but you remember like when he, he's holding the he's holding the girl and uh and he's getting ready to like eat her and his mouth is getting all huge and then you see those three lights in there, those the dead, dead lights, light. yeah. you know, and that's like this this like cosmic thing that causes insanity. Like I I don't know a whole lot about the it mythos. I know that it, it spans a couple different books in mm-hmm. in Stephen King's thing. But like very much like this this thing where the human mind can't even handle looking at something and if it does it just becomes insane because it can't handle it is I mean you don't get more Lovecraftian than that. You mm-hmm. know, but the reason why I bring this guy why I bring up HP Lovecraft is because like I said, it is prolific. Everybody knows who Cthulhu is. Sure. You know, and, and you can find his influence in almost any horror literature in, in some uh, in some small way. Lovecraft wrote for magazines in his time, and he really did not become famous until he died. You know, he died thinking that his work was essentially going to go nowhere. And now it's studied, it's revered. I mean, he made a whole mythos. You know, of of like you have like like the great old ones, which is like what Cthulhu is, and Cthulhu lives in the bottom of the ocean, and he's only a priest of of uh, like these of what are called um, the outer gods, which are like just like these these beings that exist in reality, outside of reality. Like you you can't understand them; the human mind cannot understand them, and that's why we see them as like these like gross tentacle monster things. Is because that's not what they really look like. It's just that our brain is looking at it and just going like, I, I don't even know what to do with that, hmm. you know. And so it just sort of like manifests like that. Um, but even then, like that's just the 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 outer gods just sort of manifesting randomly in in the universe, you know. And it goes all the way up to the outer god whose name is Azatoth. And our reality is just a dream that Azatoth is happening. And so there's these other gods that are dancing around him and they're playing these flutes to try to keep him asleep because as soon as he awakens, the the reality's gone. All the gods die. Everyone dies. Everyone dies. It's over. Because Azatoth is, is awake now. The only things that live are maybe like some of the other outer gods. You know, but he's like basically the most powerful one. You know, so 
like it's this huge thing. He put a ton of work into it, and he he never be you know he didn't he didn't he died thinking that he would never become famous. You know, mm-hmm. so and but that's that's the thing we talked we just talked about. You know, he didn't he he wasn't he didn't just decide to be done. I mean, you can you can buy books that are like this thick of of Lovecraftian stories and sure. stuff. The, like he this dude did not stop. Well, and you yeah, there's definitely those stories too where like you become famous after death. Yeah, more famous after death. Yeah, that like I'm sure. Dante's Inferno is like a very similar thing too, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that was never as popular. I mean, I'm sure. What well, I mean in his life, I mean, it wasn't being taught in high schools, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Of course. You know, with with so many things. Um, yeah. I mean, painters are a big yeah. one for that. Yeah. The value increases. I mean, you could even say like you could even say like Nirvana. You know. See, like, I thought that, knew, but at the same time, it, but you know. Smells Like Teen Spirit was the biggest song of the 90s. Right. And they were still around at certain points in that. Right. You know? I mean, I think that it was really big, but I think after he after he killed sure. himself... I mean, you could say that about... You could say that about, Ooh. like... Marley's dead, right? Bob Marley? Yeah. I think so. Well, I'm, not, can, I'm not, like, up on... You can definitely say that about Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. You know, you could say that about... You know... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of artists... Tons. Yeah, who become certainly more famous after death. Yeah. Or even if they're not more famous, it's just, like, their imagery. Yeah. Even if it's not their music, it's their image. So, like, you're basically saying that, like, dying, especially suicide, is something that really, like, garners a lot of interest in your creation. I mean... You heard it here first! Aspiring artist. Yeah, just wait. We'll be dead and (laughs) all of our stuff after this. uh, All my podcasts are gonna just... Load and I'll never get to see the, that day. <laughs> well, I mean, like, don't don't rush it or anything. Like, you're a pretty cool guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I don't think that's that's not the plan. Um, I had a whole thing on death too, and it was like really dark and. Oh yeah, like the perfect thing it, for me. It wasn't even. T- it wasn't even really death. I was talking more about like life. Honestly, I was talking more about like how I appreciate life. Yeah. Than how much you know, and just how death can be sudden. That was I mean, one. Of you're my- you're definitely like. You got like the right timing for that with that's everything wh- that we're dealing that's with. That's why right I brought now. it up at that time. No. Not to like get all doom and gloomy or anything, but like you just can't escape it. Sure, you know? and that's what that's kind of what brought that point up. Mm-hmm. I can't remember when I was saying that. But it was a couple episodes ago. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, we it, we'd be foolish to be dressed like this and not talk about the abs. Oh my god, we yeah. have to. And first off, I gotta say, based on the way the Nuggets played today and the game before. They the Avs might be my only hope at this point because I thought <laughs> yeah. the Nuggets were geared up to to take home a championship possibly this year or at mm-hmm. least make a run. Yeah, I kind of saw it's the Jazz. Right? Yeah, they, and the, the Jazz are great. Up. The Jazz are a great team, and I th- we beat them in game one mm-hmm. and in overtime, but we beat them, and it was a pretty convincing. You know, we played very well, but these last two games we've just been getting blown out of the water. Yeah, I think we lost by like thirty or forty points, not maybe forty. I don't know. It was like thirty points at least today, yeah. which is insane. And uh, I mean, it's not too late for them. We're only down two one, mm-hmm. but the way we're losing oh, is the yeah, problem. You know, like it just looks like. I mean, I, I you know that I don't know basketball like really really well, but like when I see scores that are like one hundred and two to one hundred and thirty six, like I'm like. That feels like a blowout to me. Oh, it is. You know, that, that, that's a blowout. 
But like, I mean, I'm watching a game where five to one is a blowout. Right. So when I see somebody winning by thirty points, I'm like, sure. And that's that in basketball. That's a lot. If you yeah. lose by, if you lose by ten, that's a pretty significant. Loss. Really, that's interesting. It's I mean, interesting when you have scores of like a hundred. Right. You know, that like well, it's something that's pretty minute comparatively. A, a tough loss is if you lose by three. You know, if you lose by five, even five. Yeah. If it's once you start getting the ten range, that means by the end you weren't in it. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's like anywhere like six, I say is like anywhere past six, it's kind of a. It might have been a close game, I guess. Mm-hmm. Under ten, it might have been a closer game. You know. Yeah. But yeah, if you lose by three or five, that's a tough loss. Mm-hmm. But not let's let's shift into hockey though. Something yeah. you do, dude. Know I about. always want to talk about hockey. I know. You're gonna and, spend this whole thing talking about hockey. Well, and that's. You know, I don't know if your viewers would like that, but I, I mean, I gotta tell them like if you're not watching hockey, it's the coolest sport that you're not watching. Well, and that's the thing is like I, you know, I have friends on here. We, me and Mac, have talked about MMA. Like that's one thing mm-hmm. I've been talking a lot about is MMA. But like we talked MMA. Uh, me and Pow talked fantasy sports. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then like Justin, we talked about some basketball and stuff. But those are like my friends that. I don't really have a hockey friend who's like yeah. I have friends who know hockey and like yeah. some, somewhat listen to hockey and pay attention to hockey, but yeah. nobody like you yeah. who's like just full I'm fledged. the hockey guy. Yeah, you're yeah. invested. You know oh, yeah. a lot more about it, so you're the guy to talk about with hockey. Oh yeah, and what a blessed time to talk about Avalanche <laughs> hockey. I mean, when you think about the fact that three years ago. We were the worst team since they instated the salary cap, which was like years and That's years insane. ago. You know, like nobody thought that a team could be as bad as we were. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was. Who'd we get in that draft? Makar? I think, yeah. I think so. No, that can't be. No, because he's a rookie. Well, no, it could be because he could have spent. He did spend some time. He spent one more year. I thought. Because he was in college. Right. He's basically gone from college straight here. See, I thought we drafted him, and then he played one more year college, mm-hmm. and then... So it wouldn't have been that year. Yeah. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> Which I know is really bad after no, you've just been like, dude, he's the biggest hockey been, fan in the might world. might have been... No, Jost, we took it He was two. already there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that we had that horrible year, and then you I would can look think... It up. You would think that that would make us the first round draft pick, but no... Because they do the same thing that I'm pretty sure basketball does. They have a draft lottery. And oh, every that's time right. we have a draft lottery, we always get third. We got third this year, like even though we're good. Because when we did the big Matt Duchesne trade, that was that's one right. of the things that we got from the Senators. That we got their first round draft pick. And then they sucked really bad. I hate that draft And so we had, we, had the first, we had the most likely uh, to have the first pick. But we got third. Same as we did when we were the worst team since the salary. Who'd we get this last year? Uh, we got uh, oh man, Bowen Byram. I'm pretty is sure is his name. He's he's with the development. He's with the affiliate team or the uh, the farm team. Jeez, they draft a lot of players. Oh no, never mind. That's the <laughs> how many players do they usually draft? Um, I mean, I just know they have. They have however many rounds, and then and they just get one. Do they have each seven round. rounds. Yeah. That Dang. Sounds right. Okay. Jeez. We did. Okay. So and then you get all the undrafted guys too. You know. Let's see. We drafted McCarr in seventeen. Would that have been the year? Yeah, that was. Yeah. Because no, no, that's fourth year. overall. That was the fourth overall pick. Oh, okay. 
That must. I'm not seeing where we had the first overall pick. We never had the first overall pick. It was third, or was it fourth? That might have been the year then. Yeah. Yeah. That was the year we we got Makar then. That's right. Well, I mean, like the reason why I don't necessarily know all that stuff Which is, is because cool. you know, like that was the year that I was kind of just starting to get back into it. You know, like we we were we were working with Brandon. And mm. he was really into the Avs. He's probably and, the like, only other guy that's really into hockey. Yeah, and that really like helped helped me get back into it. Like I was into it back when I lived in Cody in sixth grade, and then I kind of fell off of it for a while. And then we had that where we were first in the division, and then we got knocked out of the first round by the Wild. Mm. You know, and then and then after that was was our big disaster year. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like right when I was getting back into it. You know, and and when you get when you get into a sport, the first thing that you care about is not the player drafts. Sure. Well, especially <laughs> you know. in hockey. Hockey, it's like it's the developmental. Same with baseball. If you mm-hmm. draft a player, unless they're just like the best. Yeah. Unless if they're the Connor McDavid or the or the Nathan McKinnon. By the way, Nathan McKinnon playoffs. Nathan McKinnon yeah. right now. I think so, he, he's the, he's the points leader. He's the points leader. He's got thirteen. I thought it was sixteen. It might have been. I, swear I, I think just it was. Thir- it I think it was thirteen going in, going into last game. Because he had like he got he got four. four points last game. So he might have seventeen. I, I whatever. He's definitely he's the got. points dude, leader right now, dude. Like he is a god among men, and <laughs> <laughs> that's only in five games. Yeah, it's it's insane. Well, actually, it's including the the round. Oh, round. it is okay. But still, I mean, it doesn't change. He's the points leader. Right. You know, we have yeah. other people that are in there. I mean, usually, like if you're talking about the best player in hockey in the world right now, the the conversation always leads to Connor McDavid, and it's not. It, there's there's very good reason why it comes to him. Like he's mm-hmm. been the points leader. You know, he he's been he's been in the top five for points like just consistently throughout like the past two seasons, you know? Um, and then he's got a really, really good line mate in Leon Dreisaitl. And, um, I mean, the, the dude is amazing. When he when he gets out onto the ice, he, he dominates, you know? I mean, basically, whatever's happening on the ice, that's where Connor McDavid is, and he's the one who is dictating it. But... He's not the points leader right now. Right. You know? And he... You know, nobody's talking about him. I saw a thing on... Um, I, I like just a, just a whatever news article about the playoffs from from uh, NBCSN, which holds hockey right now, mm-hmm. um, and, and it was just about the playoffs. It wasn't about any team in particular, and it showed a picture of one single player walking down the you know walking through the tunnel, and that player was of course Nathan McKinnon, and you know Google knows that I'm the biggest Avs fan in in like a tri-state area, and so they they. Uh, they they recommend all kinds of abs articles to me, but you know I, I like just since the playoffs have started, I've been seeing tons of articles that are saying this is why Nathan McKinnon is the best player in the world right now. And previously they were saying he was one of the best. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean this is his year. He is coming. so. Here's my here's my question then. Mm-hmm. Do you think he has a chance to win the the uh, dude MVP? Like a realistic <laughs> chance based not based on bias. Yeah. No. Based- okay. So. Predicting that in hockey is really, really difficult okay. because you can have somebody who is obviously the best player, but if sure. he's got really, really good line mates, I just talked about Connor McDavid. He was the points leader, um, so you would think like, well, he'd be the MVP, right? Like he he was the best, he scored the most, but he I just said also that he had a really, really good line mate in Leon Dreisaitl. And when they choose an MVP, they usually try to pick somebody who doesn't have 
the best support. At the same time, though, if the, if everyone's like so universally in in the hockey world knows Nathan McKinnon is just so good, mm-hmm. and like take take out you know I mean even in the regular season he was killing it yeah, and then you put in the round robin and all that, mm-hmm. and I mean I don't know how much playoffs has anything to do with with yeah. your with the choice. I right. gotta I gotta assume. The Oilers not making the playoffs? You would think would have an effect. Sure. Yeah. No, and, and I think that it probably does. I, th- I think that they base it, a l- just from what I feel like, it feels like they base it a little bit more on the regular season than on the playoffs. But if you don't make the playoffs, or, or you, you know, you make it in just as a wild card. Well, there's no way a team, they, you know, a player on yeah. the 30th best team is winning the mm-hmm. MVP. It's, there's no way. Yeah, no, it's it's noticed. Yeah, you know, you gotta so, be on one of the best teams. I mean, everybody is talking about Nathan McKinnon right now. Nathan McKinnon is the talk of the league. So you he would say play, he has a chance. I would say that. I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the way that I feel that I felt last year, and it may be a little bit biased, and I'm not even gonna try to hide from that fact. But he, they could say whoever it is, but it's pretty clear based on just the amount of attention that he's getting, the way that he plays on the ice, that he is the that he is the most valuable player. I would agree a hundred percent. Um who won it last year? Taylor Hall. He won it last year? Yeah. Interesting. And on the Coyotes? Um Or was he De- I think he was with the Devils still. Okay. Pretty confident. Okay. Um Yeah, no, and I'm not I'm not gonna And I'm they just and they just beat him handily. Yeah. He had one goal Against yeah. us. It was an empty netter. You know? I mean, granted, he's on a lesser team, but... I mean, I mean the Devils didn't even make the, the playoffs this year. When you're on when you're on a team... Well, and that kind of is a showcase of why they talked about it being Taylor Hall, right? Because with Taylor Hall, they were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Without Taylor Hall, who? Who are they? Yeah. You know? They're nobody. But... And, and the shutting down of Taylor Hall doesn't fall on... McKinnon, but falls on the team being mm-hmm. good defensive team. But the thing is, is that we could shut down Taylor Hall. Yeah. The Coyotes could not shut down Nathan McKinnon. I exactly. mean, even the times that he didn't get a goal. I mean, you could look. I mean, last game, and you were um, saying that goalie is really good. Darcy Kemper was incredible. I mean, he. I don't think that he's going to be with the Coyotes next year. I because he is he he's going to want to do more. I. I'm not sure about his contract status, but um, I wonder which goalie is going to get taken by the uh, Kraken. Um, if I had to guess, uh, because I mean they're only going to take three; they can only take three, right? Basically, um, the draft stuff is really weird. Did you know that uh, the Knights don't have to give up anybody? Oh, because of because they were recent. Because they were recent, and because it's just it's just built to, for them to take thirty players, so they just decided not the Knights. I'm that makes sense. I'm not crazy about it because like right now they are the best team in the league. They are considered. I mean, uh, I, I they're not. <laughs> These guys are. Yeah. But <laughs> but I, I what what I meant to say is that they are, they're a top team. They like like if you look at the odds and everything, sure. they are they are. Um, they're they're the most they're the most likely to win based on the book Vegas odds, yeah. You know. They they have the best odds. Shocking. Vegas odds makers have Vegas <laughs> winning the yeah. cup. But no, they are a good team. And they you would think, yeah, okay, maybe they should have to surrender some stuff. But I also get, you know, they're still 
a new team that's trying to build, even though obviously they're built. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's fine. It is because they only take is. one player, right? They take one player from each team. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so you were gonna say the goalie. So for the, the goalies. goalies, I mean, it, it's hard because I mean, there's just so many people that are so good, and it's hard when you've been watching for a few years because you're seeing goalies that you used to be like, man, Robin Leonard is so good, and now he's a backup goalie. What happened? You know, mm-hmm. it's really weird. But uh, I was actually talking um, with my family about this today, and I only really have one prediction in regards to the goalie. And what I think it's going to be is that the Blues have two really good goalies. They have um, their main guy is is uh, is Jordan Bennington, and and they've kind of been going with him, and he's been doing pretty well. But you, if if you're paying attention to the playoffs at all. You notice that up until these last couple of wins that they just had, they went like six games without a single win. They didn't win a single game in the round robin, and then they lost their first two games against the Canucks, mm-hmm. uh, which is the wild card. And, they're, and they were the top of our division. Yeah, and you now know. they're down so now too, of, aren't they? Um, I Or they tied it up. They tied it up, and I think they just won, so I think they're now up 3-2. to two. Ooh. And they're playing tonight. Okay. I'm, I'm stoked. Um, but... Uh, um, what they did is they changed from for their goalie from Jordan Bennington to Jake Allen, who's their backup. And Jake Allen is really, really good. So that that to me makes me think that I mean they can only protect one. Every team can only protect one goalie. Sure. I could see one of those two being on the Seattle Kraken next year. Okay. Okay. I'm no professional on that stuff. I could be totally wrong, but that's that's what I'm guessing. Um. We were we were talking about uh, trying to go yeah back. rewind a little bit. We were talking about the abs, and we were talking about Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, got among men. Um, I was going to ask about okay, uh, Jared Bednar. You got to give him some credit. for You this have to build. give him credit. My and mom and Joe Sackick because she's and not Joe happy Sackick. with him. Oh yeah, no Joe Sackick. Like everybody thought he was a joke, and a lot of it came down to the Matt Duchesne trade because it took so long for it to finally happen that everybody was just being like, he's just waiting it out until his value just goes down, and then we're just going to get nothing for him. And then we got the trade, and it felt really weird. It was this three-part trade where Duchesne went to uh, Nashville, and some dudes from Nashville went to the Senators, and then we got somebody from Nashville, and we got some stuff from... um, from from uh, the senators and it was all like just very strange looking, but I mean look at where we're at now. Matt Duchesne is, I mean, well he went to the senators. He didn't go to the to the to Nashville. I got confused because that's where he's at now. Oh, and okay. and so like look at that here. Like the big thing that we got was that we got Sam Gerard and also essentially Kale McCarr. Yeah, I mean we got all kind we got all kinds of stuff. You know, so oh no no no, we got Kale McCarr. Th- yeah, no, not not Kale McCarr, but um, I think that was, I think it was like Tynum that we got, um, which I mean he's coming, right? You know, um, but we we got Sam Gerrard, and that that's like our biggest thing that we got out of that whole trade. And look at him, he's amazing. He's a starting gonna, liner, isn't he? Yeah, we're gonna be protecting him. He's on the same line as Kale McCarr, and I mean. That's what I'm worried about. They're definitely not taking a goalie of ours because they're going to take one of our players. I'm, I'm, th- yeah, they're not going to take one of our goalies. I mean, I, I love our goalies and everything. But can you choose like, to not save a goalie? No, you have to save one goalie. So you can either, <laughs> you can either save a goalie and then eight skaters of, of basically however you want to mix it up, or goalie, seven forwards, three defensemen. 
So it really just depends on on how your team is built, which one you want. You gotta to take. you gotta save just one goalie and save as yeah. many skaters. Well, as yeah, you no, can. no, no. Like it's one goalie either way. Okay, who are we saving? I, you know, I was actually talking about this today. If it's um, you, if it's you, if it's me, I mean, if it's me, um, like I, I want to save Gabriel Landeskog because he's our he's our captain and everything. But I don't know if they. Actually, you know what? I take that back. They would sooner trade they him. They're going to keep him because they can get some value. They would sooner what trade I was, him. I guess what I was start, starting to get on there was that I don't know if he's going to be on the team next year. I mean, break my heart, but, you know, it is what it is. We're keeping Nathan McKinnon, of obviously. Course. We're keeping Miko Ranson in, of course. We're keeping Sam Girard, and we're keeping Kale McCarr. Those Starters. are the four that I know for sure. Um, outside of those, I mean, we got we got one more defenseman Dude, that we, we can take. Just one more? Yeah, because we have Kale McCarr and... I would say uh, they're Sam not going to save EJ. He's they're not, just... Yeah, they're not going to do Eric Johnson. Actually, I take that back. He has a no movement clause. They have to. Are you serious? Yep. No movement clauses means that they have to be protected and they count. But I was wrong about something. They're not going to protect Kale McCarr. Because from what I was reading today, if you have a, fir- like, if you have a first or second year player, then they don't need to be protected and they're protected from being selected. So that includes Rantanen too, right? No, Rantanen's been for a while. Oh, has he? Time flies, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so they won't have to save Makar. Yeah, they won't have to save Makar, and I think that's the only person really that we have protected from that because everybody else is. I mean, they're young, but they're not that young. Okay. Yeah. You know? Okay. It so it kind of protects like farm players and stuff. So too. You, okay. So you said, um, you know, if it's not Kale Makar, it's going to be um, Johnson. Yeah, it's going to be Johnson, Maybe Zads. I would love for it to be Zadorov because I love the guy. I mean, you just, I mean, he's a huge dude that, like, when somebody, when somebody messes with our guys, he's like, there. he just comes up and he just dumps a guy, you know? Like, uh-huh. you, you see a lot of guys that come up and fight. You don't see too many people that just dump a guy, you know? But the pro- his problem is that he takes so many penalties, and they're unjust penalties. He gets penalties for just being too big. I mean, like if 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 he brushes past you and your body's touch, like you're gonna be flying into the next county. And so he gets in trouble all the time because he hits people too hard. Okay, uh, who's our other defenseman? Well, we have Ian Cole, which I mean, I I, I don't hate that as a pick. Matt Calvert. Um, Calvert's a forward. Oh, okay. Um, so okay. So who, just so I don't get confused. So we got Gerard, McCarr, Cole, Johnson. Um, I said Cole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, just Ryan be- Graves, and of course I'm gonna blank on it now. Yeah, it's all good. There's uh, just I would assume you know, when it comes. I would off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I would assume when it comes to. The saving of players, you, there's some kind of strategy like, who are, like who we can save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can save know. these three guys, knowing they probably won't take that guy. Yeah, well, it's kind of like, um, we have we have Valerie Nachushkin, and dude has just been phenomenal with us. Scored Yo. a bunch of goals, was amazing, but. We got him from another team, and previous to that, he hadn't scored for, like, two years. Mm-hmm. Not a single goal. You know, I mean, like, the dude was just snake bit as it gets, and then he came with us, and he was amazing. So then you think to yourself... Is he on our team now? Yeah. Nachushkin is still with us. Okay. Yeah, he's great. You know who, you know who I've been good. impressed with? Na- Nazem Kadri. Uh-huh. Dude, Nazem Kadri is an amazing player, and the reason why maybe we didn't necessarily think about it too much before was because he got kicked out of the playoffs last year. He was with the Maple Leafs, and he got kicked out of the playoffs because um, 
he made it he made a dirty play and you know it's kind of like stuff happens you know things happen and, and we thought about that coming in we were like dude this is amazing it's who we lost uh tyson berry for oh wow okay. yeah um and we were just kind of like look this is amazing if he can keep his nose clean and he has kept his nose clean you'll see several times where he's going to go hit a guy and as soon as he thinks the guy's going to turn and it's going to turn into a board or whatever he'll make sure and not finish his check which is what you're supposed to do he's doing really really good with keeping his nose clean you could probably chalk that up to coaching mm-hmm. perhaps discipline or, or that you know, i mean well i mean he wants to be there sure and discipline he comes with coaching too he but, recognizes but that we can win the cup this year, but Nazem Kadri is somebody who, 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 I mean, he's he's really really good anytime, but he really heats up in the postseason, mm-hmm. and that's what we're seeing right here. I mean, the dude is nuts. He he's scored like it. what, like four goals in the past two games. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was yeah, he was on hat trick watch for the past. He two would games. have been the first star if if it weren't for McKinnon in that last game. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. So it's we crazy. Okay. Who are the forwards that we save? So there's seven of them. Mm-hmm. So here's what I'm saying. And some of them is going to be because, like, even if maybe we're thinking about trading somebody, like, say, Landis Cog, for example, sure. I, I don't want it to happen, but I, I've just, I've seen rumors. I've seen rumors on Reddit. I've seen them online. Um, he's he's always being rumored about. But, you know, like, let, let's just say that we're actually thinking about trading him. We're not, we're still going to protect him because if we don't, they're obviously going to take him. And then we're just losing a guy for nothing. Yeah. So we're going to protect him. We're going to protect Ranson and we're going to protect uh, Nathan McKinnon because those those guys are like our bomb core. Yes. Just, I mean, Top superstars. One. Yeah. Um, then we're going to protect, Kadri. we're going to protect Kadri. Um, we're going to protect Burakovsky because okay. he's been really good. Okay. Uh, that's five. We're going to protect... I could see us protecting Nachushkin. I was saying the stuff about Nachushkin because I was thinking maybe the Kraken don't want him because, yeah, sure, he was great with us, but look at where he was at when he wasn't with us. Mm-hmm. Do we really want to bring him here and see if he's still going to be hot? It's a risk. But that's maybe a chance not to save him. It might be a risk that they're willing to take. I mean, you look at some of the guys that went to uh, that went to Vegas that were like, yeah, they were pretty good, but then they went to then they went to uh, uh, the to Vegas and they were superstars. Like James Neal. James Neal was good, but he was amazing. Okay. So maybe somebody like like Valerie Nichushkin would be somebody that would be like an obvious pickup for. So who else is on, for on that. the radar? Yunus uh, uh, Donskoy. Okay. I would really like for him to stay. Okay, so that would be seven. Yeah, so that'd be our seven, but... If um, you had a wild card eight. Um, oh, who am I trying to think of? There's somebody that I'm... There's some, there's some big dude that I'm missing. Like, somebody that I'm going to be embarrassed about when I look, but I don't want to miss it, so let me grab my... Now, can the Avs trade Landeskog before the draft... Uh, I, I'm not sure. I think the draft happens like so fast after the after the playoffs that we're not even going to have time to make a deal gotcha. to make a proper deal, even if we can. Gotcha. You know, let me pull up my app here because I know I'm missing somebody, and I'm going to feel stupid as soon as I see who it is. But I'm only human. No, my name is human. <laughs> Dude, have you heard the song "Hero" by Weezer? No. Oh, it's so good. Really? Yeah. I'll have to check it out. It's it's a banger. I mean, you got, like, Comfer. Because um, who did I say? Ranson and Burakovsky, Landeskog, Kadri, McKinnon. Donskoy and Nichushkin. Donskoy and Nichushkin. So, I mean, we got Calvert, Jost, Comfer, Belmar. 
I think out of all of those guys, I mean, I, I really like Calvert, man. He's a he's a warrior. You know, he doesn't he doesn't let it people just seem, mess around. It seems with like us. the guys we've brought in, either through trade or or draft, mm-hmm. in the last three years have just been really good moves. Dude, one of our problems that you could even say last year. Last year we we got to the second round of the playoffs. We were really really good. Um, even though I mean. You know, we we were we were good. We weren't as good as we are now, mm-hmm. but we were pretty good. Um, but our our biggest problem was that I mean, we had the nine line, which was of course number ninety six, uh, 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 Miko Rantanen, number twenty nine, uh, Nathan, Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon, and ninety two Gabriel Landeskog, and that line was incredible. They were the best line in hockey through several parts of the season. But we really didn't have anything else. You know, so once teams figured out to like kind of shut down, like to shut down the nine line, then we either had to mix them up and just have you know Rance and Mac on a line and Landy on a different line, you know, or whatever, just to try to like get some depth going. Um, it just, I mean, we we would just get shut down. You know, we would either do that or we just had nothing. But this year we don't have that. You know, you're you're watching like Kadri and Comfort and uh, I mean, even like Nieto is. You know, even if he's not necessarily scoring, like he's contributing. Mm-hmm. Everybody is contributing. We've got depth. You know, right. like even if we don't have the nine line, which they're not keeping the nine line together all the time. Sure. They will if we're in dire straits. But um, you know, but even if we don't have Mac and 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 Ranson and out, um, we we've got somebody else out that's a threat. You know, no matter what line we've got out, we might we might score. See, that's how I felt about the Nuggets. The depth was like our our big. Thing and then the the problem the Nuggets are having right now is defense. Oh yeah, and we we have two of our. I mean, I guess if you're giving up like 140 points a game, you, you we, can't we, say anything else. And we have two guys that are out that are both really good defenders. Oh, yeah. But I mean, it is what it is. We still should be beating these guys, and it's not too late. Um, Abs, no, yeah, Abs play the Stars next tomorrow. Starts tomorrow. Tomorrow at six. I'm gonna have to miss that. You know, that's one of my shows. I might end up having to miss it too because it's when I hang out with my lady. Oh, um, what the things we do for love? <laughs> what what's your what's your uh, thoughts on that matchup? Well, I've told you several times that we're going to win the Stanley Cup. Yes, of course. So, what does that say for how we're going to do against the Stars? Prediction. Okay, so here's so, I uh, actually. <laughs> Like my 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 hubris aside, it's definitely a lot more threatening than the uh, than the coyotes. coyotes. And a lot of it has to. I mean, they have really really good players. They have really good players. But what it really comes down to is that they've got amazing goaltenders. They've been going with Kadobin, and I haven't been like super up on on how the stars have been doing. But I'm surprised to be seeing Kadobin so much because they have Ben Bishop on their team, mm-hmm. and Ben Bishop, Ben Bishop is. Like he is a walrus, dude. Like he's just massive, you know. Like mm-hmm. he, he's a house. It's, it's almost unfair. The dude is like, you know, nine feet tall and nine feet wide. I mean, I don't know how how many other ways I can tell you that he's, that he's a big guy. He's a, just a tsunami, a man-made tsunami. He's made out of man, and he's a tsunami. Okay, he's an ocean <laughs> of man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how weird can we make this? But. I think that that's going to make it really tough. the The stars, 
shredded us in the regular season every time we played with them. But this isn't played the against them. Season. We beat that, and that's the thing. This isn't. This is the playoffs. It's it's a whole different story. And we're and we're hot. Yeah, we're we're super hot, and they're really. I mean, they're doing okay, but they're not doing like they're not doing it like we. They're not are. doing seven I mean, to we're, one. We're coming off. We're coming off two seven to one performances. We've scored fourteen goals. We've scored fourteen goals, and we've given up two in the past two games. Nobody can say that we're the highest scoring team in the playoffs. We, I mean, we're firing on every cylinder. Our defense is good. Our goaltending is pretty good, and our offense is off the fucking chain. You know who? Uh, what did the Stars win their series in? Uh, they won it in five. I don't want to misquote myself here. No, I think it was four to two. So they won it in six. That's right, because they were playing the they were playing the uh, uh, the Flames. The Flames are kind of a dirty. Good, team. I hate them. Yeah, i I wasn't too I wasn't too partic- I do too. I wasn't too particularly uncomfortable with the idea of playing them outside of the fact that um, yeah, they got Matthew Kachuk on their team, and he's a big piece of their team. He's one of the biggest reasons why the Stars just all of a sudden rolled him over because he didn't play the last few games mm. and they missed him really bad. But if your team is built around somebody like that, like maybe it's time to start rebuilding your team. The dude is he he just plays dirty. Gotcha. You know, he's no Tom Wilson. No offense or anything to any Caps fans, but um, just reputation wise. But he's just the dude makes dirty hits and makes dirty plays, and 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 you get frustrated, you know. And so it's right. like I didn't really want to play against them because I was afraid that maybe one of our guys would get hurt. But I mean, we we slapped him up pretty good last year. I wasn't really concerned with losing against him. I was more concerned. I was more concerned with losing players against them. They, right. I mean, they. They they hurt um, a couple of the guys on the stars. At least one that I know of. Um, and, you know, and he's back. He's fine and everything. But just when you see that kind of stuff happening, you just kind of go, uh. right? <laughs> I gotcha. But yeah, it's 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 nice to see this. It is nice to see the Flames gone. If the Flames had won, we would be playing them next. It's just nice to see the Avs doing good, man. Like <laughs> I'm glad between, it, dude. between two my two teams in the playoffs right now, at least one of them is kicking ass and it like i said it's not too late for the nuggets they can maybe turn it around mm-hmm. it just looks rough right now yeah abs on the other hand second round let's get it i think we got the stars i really do i do too. i think that it's going to be tougher because you know they've got really good goaltending they got really good players you could say the same thing for um for for the coyotes uh especially when it comes to goaltending mm-hmm. with with darcy Kemper. and we've but there were so up. many plays. There were so many, like especially as the series went on, there were so many plays where I was like, "Dude, the Coyotes just—they cannot handle us." Yeah. That last game, it was just so obvious that like they're a good team, but they're just not where where we are at. They are rebuilding. We are not. We are there. Mm-hmm. You know. And anytime, I mean, anytime you were just watching, you were just looking at it, just trying to think, okay, look, is this two equal teams? The answer was no. Right. Not. You know. So. Oh yeah, man. Gotcha. The stars will give us a little bit more of a fight, but we can take them. All right. Enough hockey talk. As much as I love talking, there's never enough hockey talk. Dude, you should you should make it your own podcast and call it Hockey Talk. Hockey Talk. That's a good name. Um, This is the Hockey Talk Walkie Talkie. Yeah, yeah. Hockey talk on walkie talkies. Yeah, and just have your podcast like yeah. fr- from two different rooms. I'll be talking to my friend Saki, and then it'll just be like a sock <laughs> puppet with my own voice. Yeah, I mean, I can do voices. Yeah, but not as not good for as Saki. not as good as my Alan Rickman. Do it. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. 
You're just like, I'm Severus Snape. Wait oh. a minute, that wasn't very good. I, I told that on one of the episodes. <laughs> I was thinking about impressions when you said the thing about, like, the bookkeeping in Vegas saying that Vegas was really good, and I just wanted to be like, Alright, welcome back to InfoWars, I'm Alex Jones, and I'm gonna tell you about how uh, Las Vegas is controlling your mind. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just like when when Alex Jones is like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, um, turn the freaking oh, yeah. frogs gay. <laughs> yeah, it's you a banger, love that. dude. Uh, that yeah, I showed you that one, the ramp song. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at my weird. Que- I have a list of weird questions. Weird questions, and I don't know if any of these pertain. This isn't a weird question. No, I'm not going to do that one. <laughs> I don't have a good one off, off the top of my head. I asked you the really weird one. Which I one? might as well just ask it again for the okay. sake of the podcast. Would you rather sit on a cake and oh, eat God. a dick or sit on a dick and eat a cake? <laughs> I mean, my answer hasn't changed, dude. Like, I don't want... I, I don't, I don't want a penis in my butt. I agree. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> yeah. So it's not really about... Saying what that you I would want. rather have one of those <laughs> yeah. things, but I'm going to tell you which one I'd the rather lesser, not have. A lesser of two evils. <laughs> okay, um, I want to get your reaction on something. I got a video that I want to show you, and okay. I just want you—I just want you to give me your. It's not a long video; it's only like maybe maybe two minutes. Okay. Okay. I don't know if I've shown you this yet. I really hope I haven't. There's a good chance I might have. Well, uh, you know, you know I was a theater kid. Like, I can probably just pretend that I haven't seen it if I have. I really hope you haven't, just so... <laughs> and if you haven't... Yeah. Is it something that you can't tell me the title of, or... I just want you to see it. Okay. So... I'm down. I just know I've shown this to a lot of people. Yeah. So I may have shown you this. Um, as far... I'm not... <clears throat> it won't be available on the podcast, so you won't be able to see this. I'll let you know what the name of the video is after so that everybody can go watch it um but yeah let's take a look at this and just we'll get your reaction if this will upload nope that's not listen dork don't put your trash on my door have you seen this i don't think so oh my god what 25 cents is all it takes, Kevin. For what? Another one of your loser projects? <laughs> no. To see God. Have you ever wanted to see something oh so Oh my God. So unattainable. Where? Where's Johnny? He's witnessing. What do you mean? Matter of fact, where is everyone today? They are all a part of something far greater. They have seen something so pure that their hearts can no longer turn back. And it's right behind that door. Watch the way his arm moves here. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. 
Oh my god, my body can't handle this. Nor can my mind. So, uh, that video is called Jawbreaker for anybody who wants to go look at it by Meat Canyon. Um, so... Alright, well, I mean, I I didn't need to sleep for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fucking spooky, man. I thought... No, I thought it was spooky, but I think it's funny. Like... No, it is funny. I just, like, the, the artwork of it is what's... He's got a ton of them. Mm. Like, that guy makes a ton of videos, and some of them are really, really not good, mm. and some of them are just hilarious. That's his most popular one. Yeah. And I just love 25 cents. 25 cents is all it takes. Yeah. Obviously, just behind that door. The voice, the voice is, <laughs> is what... so good. The voice is what makes it funny, too. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of how most of those videos are, is, like... There's one. There's a few characters that are just like weird looking. You'll have to look. You, you'll go down a rabbit hole with that one. Yeah, but I do that kind of shit to my girlfriend all the time. You know, like I'll just be like, "You need to come and see this. Your life will be changed forever. Come and look, look at what I have found for you." Yeah, and she's just like, "Stop." <laughs> and um, you know, like that's a reasonable reaction. Yeah. No, I. I didn't know how, how you'd respond to that, but I, f I love that. I mean, I think I felt like my entire brain, like, melt and reconstitute. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like... In, a, in the best of ways. It's a childhood oh, show yeah, we enjoyed. No. Yeah, like, my nostalgia is destroyed. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, what's our timestamp? I think that's probably... We're getting close. Getting uh, close. Unless there's anything... Is it time for, like, shameless plug time where I can just be like, go watch the Steven Seagal JonTron video. It's so good. And also, if you haven't heard the song Toss a Coin to Your Witcher, go listen to it. There you go. Do yeah. this for yourself. Couple shout-outs there. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not like it's anything that people I saw this, heard about. I saw the Steven Seagal video. Dude, it's the it's, best JonTron video. It's hilarious. I mean, I don't know. Like, old JonTron was really good, but man. Right. I love... <laughs> Steven Seagal really is a piece of shit. It's crazy. He's a crazy man. I love just like, yeah, that guy could really put lead on target, and then he's like lead on top. Fucking come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> anything else you want to put out, or anything else you want to <laughs> say or talk about? I like, mean, I'm not actually plugging in. No, I know, but I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, we, I just really like John Trump. We're not. I mean, we can go another couple minutes if you want, but um, I mean, yeah, we can talk about anything. Um. Any video games you're playing? You know, I actually haven't been playing as many video games as Me I too. used to. Me too. Um, I don't know if it's just like a like a growing up thing, and just, or if maybe I'm just not finding anything that's like really capturing my interest. I I am playing The Witcher Three right now, just because like I tried to play several other I tried to play several other games, and and they just weren't capturing my interest like they used to. And, um... That's my problem, is I can't, I can't find anything that's just, like... Yeah, like, I mean, I can play me. something and I can enjoy it. Sure. But, like, I used to be able to, like, play a game, and then I'd go to work and I'd think about it. Yeah. And then I would, like, you know, 
like basically binge, like binge it essentially like don't you remember when i played super mario galaxy for the first time like i was like i literally was doing two things in my life during the time that i played super mario galaxy and those two things were i was playing super mario galaxy or i was thinking about playing super mario galaxy and there was nothing else i mean like i was drawing pictures of the characters in my notebooks at school and just i mean and like that sounds super nerdy but man like i miss those days that right. felt so good to just be into something I like agree. that, you know? Um, no, I've been playing The Witcher 3, and I haven't played it before, um, even though, like, it's, you know, I've been really interested in it. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't talk about RPGs or open-world games without talking about this game. Like, it's considered to be, if not, like, the best game ever, like, easily one of the best games ever, you uh-huh. know? It really built on, the on like, the, the Skyrim uh, formula... Which, I mean, Skyrim wasn't the first of its type, but, I mean, it really popularized that kind of thing. But it really built on it, and, and I mean, it just did so many good things with it. And, I mean, it comes from a Polish... It comes from a Polish series of novels, uh, The Witcher. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it had a very established world, and so it was very easy to, to make a game that's so involved. And so I've been playing that... Um, I mean, no, no. There's, there's nothing that I can say about The Witcher Three that hasn't been said before. It's an, ol- it's an older game. It's an amazing game. If anybody likes fantasy stuff or they like RPGs, like obviously they should play this game. And they, nobody needs me to tell them that. You want to tell the Yoshi story story? <laughs> the Yoshi story story. Yeah. The one where I was five years old and I was playing Yoshi's story, which like I it used to be the greatest game ever. I. It's not as good as I remember it, but I mean, obviously you know that I did think that it was an amazing game because I decided that I didn't need to go pee. I just needed to keep playing Yoshi's Story. But I still went pee. Where I was sitting, (laughs) playing Yoshi's Story. On the couch, right? That's yeah, on the couch. It's not a proud story for well, a five year I mean, old. You're you know? five. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. That's, like that's that's how the you were so that's how the N sixty four went back to my mom's boyfriend's house. You yeah. know? <laughs> I just it, it's so funny for me to put put. It's not it's not my best story. Oh, I'm sure not. No, my best story is the one where I was walking with my second grade class. Uh, outside my elementary school and the class was walking on the sidewalk and um, uh, one guy was walking on the grass his name was Paul and he was walking on the grass I know this. and I, I came up to him and I said and you guys are going to love this if you have any like like older anime fans they're, they're going to love this but uh, he's walking on the grass and I'm like yo Paul like you can't be walking on the grass you got to walk on the sidewalk and he's like I don't care and I'm like dude like the teacher told she told us that we cannot walk on the grass you gotta walk on the sidewalk and he was like dude what are you gonna do about it and i looked at him dead in the eyes and i said can can they see i went in the name of the moon i'll punish you oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and for those of you that don't know what that is i'm sure that you have heard of the anime sailor moon which is basically, I mean, it, it is the magical girl anime. Yeah. That stars girls. That do girl things. And that was me, who was a boy. I've always been one. Doing that. Doing this. I, I mean, I'm telling I'm doing the pose. I'm doing the anime poses. And I'm like, I'll punish you. And, like, I, I realized that it was stupid. Yeah. I, I did. 
Um, <laughs> but you know, like well, you get you get far enough into something, and you can't just be like, "In the name of the moon!" Oh, wait a minute, dude. Like, that's really <laughs> stupid. What am I thinking? You know, so like, you get to a point where you're just like, "Well, gotta commit." Like I'm I'm committed to it, so I might as well just finish it off. And so I finish it off, and I I, I looked at him, and like. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm sure if you're a third party, like, you could just see it on my face where I'm just like... Please. All right, dude, you're like, please get back on the sidewalk. Yeah, like, <laughs> just, just... We don't, like, I, I don't need to speak of this. Like, I won't tell the teacher if you're on the grass. Like, just, just don't tell anyone that this happened. But he didn't ruin me. He could have. He could have ended my whole career. What did he do? He just kind of went, punish me? You know, but, like, like in a way that he was just like, Really? <laughs> How? I would have said... Could you? You know what I would have said? (laughs) You know what my response was? I would have said, in the name of the moon. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess, like, yeah, I'm committed. I might as well just double down and be like, dude, you see that right there? That is the moon. It it looks tiny. It's huge. And in his name? Yeah. I will punish. Yeah. There will be punishment. No, it would have been great. Is if the guy, if the guy was like... Okay, man. Whoa, 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 dude, like... Just, just, uh, just uh, a little bit of grass. I'll, I'll get I'll get on the sidewalk, <laughs> dude. I didn't know you were that serious. Yeah. <laughs> um. I was. You know what's funny is I have a funny. I, I might have told. I think I'm sure I told you this. Is it this one? Yes. <laughs> it makes you run fast. Yeah. I was playing <laughs> soccer, and this is funny because I just started watching Dragon Ball Z again, mm-hmm. and of course, okay. You know what I noticed? Hmm. Okay. What's our one gripe about Gohan? Is that he's a wuss? Yes. And then he cries all the time. All the time. First thing in episode one. I was watching it with my girlfriend. First ever sighting of Gohan mm-hmm. is him crying, crying in course. the woods. I When I saw that, I was like, oh, as many times as I've seen it, you know, you you don't remember the first episode all like in that many episodes that's not the first thing that yeah but i know we just like i know we've talked in in length about gohan's pussiness (laughs) and seeing that i was like oh my god that's the first thing he does anyway of course he does perfect intro of course he does the run in the Mm -hmm. and Yeah. yeah and so i'm this isn't as bad right right but that's what made me think of it yeah and so i was thinking about this even just last night uh yeah i played we were playing soccer at, I must have been like second grade, and I'm, you know, everyone's doing their thing, and I am doing the Naruto run, <laughs> the arms behind. If yeah. you don't know, are you doing them like where it's like on your back? No, I did them. Like, I, I did them. I did it like that. Oh man, that's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm running, and my one of my best friends goes, "Why are you doing that?" And I go, "It makes you it run, makes faster. You run like, faster." Like, like as if it's a fact. I'm like, "It makes you run faster." And he goes, "Oh, like he says, oh, like it's." Yeah, like, he's just kind of like, huh. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, good I mean, I'm not going to try it because you look like an idiot. But even but even though I knew that that made me run faster, him questioning me made me not do it anymore. Oh, Which, yeah. thank God. I mean, that's probably a good thing. But, you know, sometimes you just got to be yourself. I mean, I think about the fact that I actually did... I did the whole pose, you know, like... And, like, now, like, like yeah, there was a time where I was probably kind of embarrassed about that. But, like, now I'm just like, dude, I was such a cool kid. You know? Like, I really committed to that. Yeah. You know? Um, like, I liked Sailor Moon. I still like Sailor Moon. It's amazing. I have... But, I have a... I've, I've told embarrassing stories on here, and it's so fun. Yeah. It's, no, it's It's great. fairly therapeutic. Well, I mean, especially when it's things like that. Like, can you really be upset with yourself? I mean, I... 
I think what it is is you just remember how you felt in that moment, and that's what it's <laughs> yeah. like. It's like residual embarrassment that you feel. Mm-hmm. You're not really still embarrassed about it. Yeah, but it's like I mean, it's just have, that residual embarrassment that you felt at that time. Like I have plenty of like cringeworthy stories that don't have that effect. Where you're just like, actually, that's really cool. You know, like if you if you said something that that hurt somebody else, or even if you like did something and somebody misconstrued it, and then you had to explain yourself. Like even just knowing that there was any amount of time where they thought that you meant the other thing like it, it, it can just be soul crushing you know like I've said things to people that I didn't mean to hurt them with sure but then it did and then I have to like be like wait 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 like no 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 that's, that's not what I meant like I, I really meant this and then like even once they're like oh oh okay you know like you still just know that there was that time that they thought that you meant the other thing sure and you can't change that even though it's even though it's better it still was that way. At one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have things that just kind of eat you up. You know, like one time I was, you know, I'm a little kid in the store and I'm crying and because I'm sad or whatever. And my mom wants to fix it. And so she takes a pen and she draws a little smiley face on my finger. Like thinking that it's going to cheer me up. You know, it's like this cute little token. But it made me more upset. And I was like, take it off. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, take this off. Like, ugh. Why you have you, you drawn like, me? <laughs> yeah. Like now I'm angry and dirty. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And then it's like. Like, you just get this imagination. You, you get this thing in your mind where, like, my mom is just like, oh, well, you know, I tried. I tried to cheer him up. I thought that'd be cool, but I guess I just made it worse. You know, and she's not like that. Like, my mom's fine. You know, she's just like, you know, like, you know that she's actually just kind of like, oh, well, I gave it a shot. You yeah, know, that but, like, work. you know, like, even now, like, it just, like, I think, like, just, like, a few years ago, I was just like, mom... Remember that time that you drew a smiley face on my finger and it made me more upset? I'm really sorry about that. And she's just like, what are you talking about? Yeah, right. They should you remember. Know? And I'm you like... You feel like some guilt yeah, still, though. Like, like, I'm like, no, like, this is crushing my soul. Like, you have to remember so that to, it can be absolved. I, yeah, I need, to, I need to uh, <laughs> ups, uh, uh, be cured of my sins. Yeah. Absolved of my sins. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, there's... We could tell stories all day. But yeah, uh, I still haven't told my best. My best is the one where my great great uncle got axe murdered by a mail order bride. But that's a story for a different. Well, day. I was you gonna say, want to hear about that? I was gonna say we have tons of stories we can tell. <laughs> we are getting toward the ends here, though. We should wrap it up. But definitely should have you back on because I know I I can think of a hundred stories that we haven't told that <laughs> need to be told and different topics that we didn't even touch on. Oh yeah. Um, but we will save that for another time. Um. Also, just real quick, wanted to mention, this is episode 11. Specifically had you on for episode 11. Why? Because 11 is my favorite number. And 3 is mine. I did a whole thing on 3, the third episode. I talked about how 3 was my lucky number. Mm -hmm. And I knew once 11 was coming up, I was like, I gotta have... Gotta have me. Yeah. And we have a whole thing with... I mean, it's just, it's insane. Like, you were born in County 3 in Montana. I was born in County 11 in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. Um... I mean, I, I I could go into it, man. We have you there, know? there's a lot of threes and eleven compare like weird things that we both had. So yeah, it, it was just too fitting that we had to have you on for eleven. Yeah, we, I, I say we like there's anybody else here, dude. Like you and the crew. Yeah, I know they can't see him from here, but all around we back got Miles there, over here. Yeah, what's up, Miles? We got Buck. <laughs> yeah, do you want me to like do voices for him? Be like, yo, what's up, Miles? Hey, what up? <laughs> yeah, that's <was> not <laughs> obvious at all. Um. <laughs> Oh, I gotta, I gotta like come back and be like, oh, what up? <laughs> oh man, this is really good water. What is this? Uh, the 
it's Albertson's the, it's the Albertsons off brand. Oh, it's my favorite. So good. Quality stuff. Yeah. Ingredients just go to your tap. Might as well be San Pellegrino. <laughs> um All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> thanks to everybody for watching. Be sure to like, share, subscribe. Um come see Cutthroat tomorrow, or I guess once this uploads, come see us tonight. Uh tap in. We go on at six. And pressure this guy for the book. We need to get that thing published and read. So get some public pressure out there for him to write that book and finish it up. Uh, Thank you all for watching. And don't forget, life's a garden. Dig it.